The grace of the Lord is with you. Please pray with me. Holy Lord, we are yours. We seek the heart of our God through the story of our God, in the name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Each week I have the privilege of spending time at a prison. I teach an inmate who developed a desire to explore her faith more deeply by studying theology. The experience is often the highlight of my week. And there are a few reasons for that. First of all, this person has become my friend. I cherish the friendship that we have, and I cherish helping it to grow. It's also that I'm in a season of transformation in my own faith journey. And so I enjoy sharing that with those who are also in that sort of season. And I enjoy developing as a teacher. I enjoy exploring ways of thinking about God and what God is up to. But the blessing of this friendship goes beyond just what I'm able to offer. Just the other day, we were talking about how in this friendship, we are pastors to each other. For the last few days, I've been thinking about what I learned from her. This dear friend teaches me so generously. She continually helps me to learn about the community she is in. The system, the barriers to good relationships, the struggle to move life forward from what was into something new. I see the love of God on her face as we talk of her family. I hear the love of God in her voice as she describes her tireless efforts to advocate for those whose forward movement is constantly held back. And as I listen to the ways in which she challenges people to improve their ways of relating, to each other. And I experience the passion of God in the most traditional sense of the word, the suffering of Christ. As she talks about the weight and the impact her own mistakes have had on others and on herself. And that's what amazes me most. My friend has this amazing capacity, one which I fear we may not always cultivate as we should. She has the capacity to hold both the weight and impact of her wrongdoing and the knowledge that she is loved by God. 
One of the blessings of paying attention to the Christian calendar is that it guides us through the whole experience of walking with God. We get it all. We get the sense of longing and anticipation for God to come and be one of us. We get the celebration of what it means that God did that in Christ. The relief and the hope that comes with the reality that Christ lives for us. And the assurance of God's sovereignty. And holding it all together, we remember that God wants to nurture and cultivate us day by day. And invites us to join him as he recreates the world. But there is also Lent. And this season of the Christian year is a bit more unsettling. Because during this season, we're encouraged to contend with who we are in view of God's perfect righteousness. In view of God's loving heart. We're encouraged to acknowledge our sin. Now that I have said the S word, I'll tell you that personally, Lent scares me. And I know it scares others, and maybe it scares you too. The idea of contending with our own sin is frightening. We live in an individualistic, performance-based culture. When we get it right, we're good. When we get it wrong, we're bad. When we get it done, we're praised, and when we fall behind, we're chastised. Performance is what makes us valuable, and that's common wisdom. And even those who follow Jesus fall prey to it. Maybe some of us are scared of Lent because of what we've done to each other. Maybe we can't handle the God we've created for each other. A God who is petty and detached, who has high expectations and makes being loved a condition of meeting those expectations. And that's the end of the story. A God who accepts those who are already righteous. And only those. A God who essentially abandons us until we make ourselves acceptable. And that's a problem because if Lent is about facing our imperfection, and if imperfection makes us unlovable, then Lent doesn't actually sound like it fits with the good news of recreation in Christ. Instead, a season where we're encouraged to face our sin, to sit with our sin, may seem like a threat, an idea that makes us want to crawl into a hole, curl up in the fetal position, close our eyes, and say, wake me at Easter. Either that, 
or it makes us want to create another God. A God who has no expectations of us. Which might sound comforting and feel soothing for a moment until we realize that a God like that is a God who couldn't be bothered to invite us to become everything we were made to be. I don't know how loving how a loving God would have no hopes for us beyond today. But that's the paradigm we default to, right? The paradigm of common wisdom. It's a false binary. It makes God either a God who rejects us for our imperfection, which is a problem because mine never goes away, or a God who couldn't be bothered to challenge us toward fullness of life, which is a problem because I don't always like the way I am. Before that God, we either live in shame or we aspire to nothing. Either way, we're left with the burden that comes with believing the wrong thing about God. The burden of having to hide ourselves. That kind of wisdom is a problem because it keeps us from trusting God, living fully and loving completely. But God's written story gives us an alternative view, an alternate wisdom. And that's what we find in today's psalm. As we consider the season in which we are invited to contend with our imperfection to live and trust fully in Christ. There's hope in the fact that the psalmists were realists. They wrote the whole Christian calendar in song. They are willing to expose and struggle with their imperfection. They just accept it as a part of the human journey. And the psalmist here in Psalm 32 gives us a personal testimony. He knows what it's like to hide from God. So he starts out by giving the reader the end of his story. Somehow, he has concluded that the best way to walk with God is with open hands, hiding nothing. And then he explains this is because failure to open himself before God brought suffering. The unbearable burden of not believing that God walks with humans in their imperfection. The burden of believing the wrong thing about God. Ultimately, his sin is his failure to trust God. And as soon as he chooses the path of true wisdom, God's wisdom, as soon as he opens himself to God and confesses his sin, there is immediate, complete, uninhibited forgiveness. So he says, I did this the hard way. 
Here's where the advice comes in. I did this the hard way. I hid. And it didn't work. All I got from my hiding was the burden of believing in an unloving God. But you don't have to do it the hard way. You have the capacity to make a choice, the psalmist says. So bear all of yourself to God. Even the dark, messy, broken, sinful parts, don't hide. Because when you hide, you deny that God is a God of forgiveness and restoration. Believe you are loved and celebrate that love. This is what I learned from my friend each week. She teaches me how hiding from imperfection doesn't yield anything good. She shows me the freedom and safety I can experience as I bear my imperfection before God. Now, I don't mean to paint a picture that's all peeled grapes and bright flowers. This is a person who struggles deeply with guilt. But in a way, she finds it less difficult than I do to repent. She can allow herself to be challenged by her imperfection without denying it or hiding it. She can acknowledge the damaging impact of her choices on others and on herself. She can sit with that reality. She lives the season of Lent. And she's made the shift, at least more fully than I have, the shift the psalmist calls for. The shift from a way of thinking and being where hiding and masks and self-sufficiency are the way to live. A shift to living in the presence of God with open hands. Something we may consider during the season of Lent is this. How much do we really believe and affirm that our God is a God of grace? How can we speak of a God of grace if we can't show our whole selves to God? How can we say we believe in God's grace if God rejects us because of our imperfection? How can we say we believe in God's grace if we have to make him into a God who couldn't be bothered to refine us, who couldn't be bothered to bring us more fully into his heart and into his purposes? The grace of God consoles us. The grace of God shepherds us. The grace of God leads us. The grace of God is gentle with us. And the grace of God challenges and disciplines us. Lent can be a time to live into the reality of God's grace as we sit with our imperfection. Because God is not looking to do away with our humanity. 
God is looking to make us more fully human. And we see this in Christ. The Christ who, in the midst of temptation and doubt, chose to trust in the love and wisdom of his Father. The Christ who chose to be one of us, who made our existence his existence. The Christ who lives to show us how to, we, how to be all we were created to be. This is the God who showers us with grace in all of life's moments, including the moments when we turn to face our imperfection. Yes, God is everything we are not, fully perfect, fully righteous, That should never cause us to hide ourselves from him. It may feel like we need to hide. It does feel like we need to hide. But we don't. Because in Christ, God has also become what we are. Christ stands in solidarity with us. And so we need not bear the burden of a life under a God who either rejects us or ignores us. We need not cause each other to bear that burden either. God calls us to contend with our imperfection so that we can become all he has made us to be. We can take the advice of the psalmist. Regardless of how it feels, we are safe in the presence of God with open hands. During this Lenten season, there are many ways that we can practice being in the presence of God with open hands. Perhaps we might practice confessing our imperfection to God regularly Perhaps we may approach someone we have wronged to acknowledge the impact we've had, to apologize, to say we're sorry. Perhaps we might practice confessing to someone else. Perhaps we might practice extending God's grace by providing a safe place for someone else to share their struggles, and their failures. And today, we can all confess at the table of God where we are always welcomed and cherished. During the times that we acknowledge our imperfection, In this opportunity that we have to do that during the season of Lent, the place we need to be is in the presence of God. So during this Lenten season, may it be that we practice embracing God's grace by sitting with our imperfection. 
Let us not be afraid to be challenged by God. Let us not be afraid to confess. Let us be people who make it safe for others to confess. May this Lenten season be one in which we enter into that part of our humanity and believe, as the psalmist says, that endlessly loyal love surrounds us as we trust in the Lord. Amen.